Welcome to the Love of Dirt podcast. I'm Nikki and I'm your host and today I'm going to be talking about whether or not you should thin beetroot seedlings. Hey guys, welcome to another week. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a little experiment I did recently. So I've always been one to thin my vegetable seedlings, um, beetroot included. Um, I found over the years that the plants do better if they're not competing with resources, things like sun, water, nutrients. And thin plants I find are usually a little more resilient from bug attacks, so particularly aphids when that things are getting a little bit overcrowded. So after watching a YouTube clip from a fellow YouTuber, Mark from Self Sufficient Me, if you haven't checked him out, um, his videos are, are really great and entertaining. Um, so definitely go assess him out. Um, he's got a wealth of knowledge, particularly with the subtropical climate as well. Um, but in his video, I think it was called something like um, how to harvest a ton of beetroots. He, he mentioned that he didn't thin his plants. So and he still produces this bumper crop of beetroot. So I decided to test this theory in my own space because I'd not actually done it before. So I guess the thing with beetroot is to know is they're actually not just one seed. It's like a little cluster of seeds all together. So if you, you look at it, you'll notice that it's like a little bubbly um yeah, it is. It's a cluster, basically. Um, and what it is, it's multiple seeds there. So it's near impossible to thin and remove the seedlings without sort of damaging the roots of each other. So once they've germinated. So I find it is much better to sacrifice by actually cutting off those extras. And beetroots are really good. You can actually use those little offcuts in microgreens, just toppers for salads and things like that. Uh, but if you're one to sort of let nature, nature make its course, um, I, I guess it, it makes sense not to thin. So just let them do what nature sort of intended them to do. So I did this experiment um, and it was kind of, it was, I was intending just to do one big um, harvest of non-thinned beetroots. But as it happened, some of them, ended up living a solo life. So I had this bed of beetroots where some were thinned and some were not. Um, so the vast majority grew in clusters of around two or three plants. Um, and come harvest time, so I try to make sure that I'm harvesting my beetroots after that 90 day period. I find that they just get a little bit too, they're just not as nice if you sort of leave them in the ground regardless of size. Um, but what I did notice between the two is the size was really different. So with the solo beetroots, we had these huge, huge um, roots. Um, but with the clusters, we had about two or three baby beet size. So they're occupying the same amount of space as opposed to one. So essentially it was the same amount of harvest if you're thinking of kilos. Um, so what was the work verdict? Should you thin your beetroots or not? I know I'm probably being a little bit vague, but I guess it's going to just be relative to what you really like. If you love those big beets to slice on your hamburgers, then thin them. If you like baby beets or if you just like um, to even grate tender beetroots for your salads and things like that, then maybe maybe not thinning them and getting those baby beets is the best option for you. It's not costing you any more in seeds. You're getting that cluster when you buy it. So it's not occupying any more extra space. So if you're growing beetroots for baby beets anyway, then don't thin. 
Personally, I prefer the bigger ones because we process ours in uh, a vinegar brine. Um, it's just the nostalgic part of it. <laughs> um, that's what we grew up with. So that's what I do with a lot of our beetroots. Um, and I find that the baby beets are a lot more hands-on labor intensive when it comes to peeling and processing time. Um, so I guess it, it is really just going to depend on what you prefer, whether you should or not. In terms of growing beetroots, um, I think there's a couple of things that you really need to um, consider. One, it needs to be sunny. All root vegetables need a full sun position. So if you're trying to grow beetroots in a shady spot, you're probably going to find that you're getting a lot more leaf growth as opposed to the root development. I find that they're best direct sown, um, spaced around about 10 centimetres apart. But unlike carrots, they will handle transplantation if you need to raise them into seed trays first. And usually we do this if um, we want to um, do a quick succession between crops, um, we will seed raise our beetroots. Um, they also don't mind the alkaline side. So when growing a bit of beetroots, I add a bit of blood of bone mixed in with some dolomite lime and that usually helps them give that a bit of a boost. And also, of course, compost, compost before planting out. So when they're growing, don't over fertilize. Otherwise, you'll end up with all leaf and no beet. <laughs> um, so but if that happens, you know, the leaves are edible. So you can essentially what we tend to do is. Uh, we grow less Swiss chard and more beetroot and replace our Swiss chard requirements with the beetroot leaves. And they, they are a bit earthier and actually I think I prefer them. As I said before, it's best to grow them quickly if you can. So I find if they stay in the ground too long, they go woody, they're not as sweet, they're, they're just not as nice. So regardless of size, I always try to harvest them within that three-month period. They do like water, but... Like most veggies, don't let them get soggy feet as they will end up rotting on you. So just keep an eye on your watering um, routine and see how you go. There are so many different varieties of beetroots out there to grow. Um, and picking a favorite is kind of like picking a favorite child. Um, at the moment, I like growing the cylindrica ones again because we do um, a lot of sliced beetroots. Um, and these kind of grow like a like a carrot, but a fatter carrot. Um, so they're really good um, processing f in that respect. The golden ones are they are so 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 tasty, and they are also really good if you don't like getting stained hands when you're processing. Um, and in terms of like a standard stock stock beetroot. Um, I'm actually finding, particularly for our climate, the early wonder is a really good one to go. If you want something different, there's always the candy stripe versions. Um, we don't grow a lot of those. Um, it's kind of, I guess they're like Instagram a ball beetroots, but I actually find their flavor really uh, gets stuck in your throat. It's like, it's kind of almost a little bit bitter. Um, but the main reason I don't um, is because we pickle our beetroot, as, as I've said a few times, we pickle our beetroots and when you actually pickle the, the candy stripe ones, the colour fades out of them and they kind of just look like, yeah, they, they kind of look like turnips in brine <laughs> by the end of it and I much prefer that bright, vibrant colour. That's what the kids love too. So 
I would love to know if you thin your beetroots or not and also what are your favorite ones to grow. Definitely come and um, talk to me on Instagram, Facebook um, or if you're on my list you can hit reply to my email and let me know what you do with your beetroots. I would love to know. Until next week I will speak to you guys then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Love of Dirt podcast. If you love this episode, please leave a review to subscribe, check out other episodes or grab some of my free food growing resources. Head on over to loveofdirt.com.au forward slash podcast.